0: So when did counseling stop being about problem solving? Well, not anymore. Introducing solution-focused counseling with the unlicensed counselor. And now here's your host, Steve Moak. Well, hello and welcome to a beautiful Friday episode of The Unlicensed Counselor. My name is Steve Moak and I am The Unlicensed Counselor and as always so grateful to be here. It is casual Friday. I am so happy to be here. It's a beautiful day in Scottsdale, Arizona. I spent a couple days away with my daughter, my parents, my brother and his three little kids. We had a, uh, a kids Vegas trip. Now, if you've been listening to The Unlicensed Counselor podcast for any length of time, you know, you had a little background into me being a person in long-term recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. I did Vegas. I did Vegas well, if you want to call it that, and this was the first time that I went up and, and did Vegas in an entirely new way. Not only, obviously, was I not drinking, but I've been to Vegas and not, not done drinking and drugs there, but took the family, right? and We had four littles, all under five or six. Uh, And just had a blast man. There's so many different ways to enjoy Vegas and no They're not a sponsor of the show or anything But what a fun time to kind of get the gang together and go to the pool at Mandalay Bay We did that high roller thing like just just fun, right? It's just fun when you got you know a family unit together. There's no drama. There's no stress There's no somebody you know blacking out or disappearing from family events like what a good time to kind of come out the other end of, uh, of, sort of an interesting life that I've been, unfortunately, uh, kind of a catalyst for a lot of bad stuff in our family over the years. So to kind of get the gang together, it was really cool. So I just thought, all right, you know, as I always talk about gratitude to kick off the show, it was just like, wow, man, what a blast. Like just the kids running around, being goofy, being silly. Good times were had by all. Uh, but today... Going to talk about some interesting things. This, this actually came from a girlfriend of mine. This topic that we're going to talk about uh, suggested as we were having a conversation around boundaries. And I was like, dang, that's a really good topic. And another one that, especially as I kind of reflected on family time coming off this little three day trip that we did up to Vegas, you know, again, our family unit is strong, solid, supportive, caring, loving, all of those things. But we are not some perfect family at the same time at all. We have boundary things where we can push. We've got, you know, four CEOs in our four-person family, I'd like to think, and can also oftentimes lead to some challenging dynamics, boundaries, overstepping, pushing. Um, and I think I want to talk about that today But I want to dig into boundaries And we'll, we'll talk about kind of what those interpersonal boundaries look like Some examples of those And then how do we deal with people who aren't respecting your boundaries as well too So, um, you know, I'll reflect a little bit and kind of compare and contrast With what, how our family dynamics is work as well But before we go any further I want to continue to thank our sponsors Number one and first and foremost our friends at ShareTech ShareTech is the leading at home drug and alcohol screening tool available on the market. It is uncheatable. It detects the most substances. It can detect alcohol. It can detect kratom. It is the test you need to be using if you want to know exactly what's going on with your loved one. Go to betterdrugtest.com, order one of these tests. It's $99. You will not be disappointed. You are going to know exactly what's going on and never have to w- go to sleep wondering if that person may have cheated or altered their drug or alcohol screen. Again, betterdrugtest.com. Go pick up Share Tech Test today. Then again, our friends at EasySheets.club. You've heard me talk about it. I'm hoping that you're giving uh, EasySheets.club uh, a chance. Go out, try it. Again, I say it every week. Carrie Loha, White. Bamboo. We press them, we ship them, we professionally clean them, you put it on. It's like like I slept in the, the Delano Hotel connected to Mandalay. It was exactly like kind of crawling into that crisp bed when it's real dark and cold. There's just nothing better. Go to EasySheets.club. If you're a short term rental host or just a sheet connoisseur, like I like to think of myself as you're gonna be really happy with your EasySheets.club subscription. Last but not least, go to our friends uh, at The Unlicensed Counselor. I'd love to book some time with you. If you like what you hear, you're starting to get an idea of the topics, my points of view, opinions and how I approach matters with kind of an unorthodox kind of uh, way of thinking about counseling topics. Love to spend a little bit more time one on one with you. Really dig a little bit deeper as well, too. So that's what we have in the way of sponsors. And let's just go ahead and dive right into boundaries now. You know i'm afraid not afraid but this may run a even kind of the full full episode some of these topics you know i can't just keep into that 15 minute window and then take user questions but this did come from a girlfriend of mine as we were kind of discussing boundaries as well too and and i don't think i'm alone when i say that this impacts so many people so many families boyfriend girlfriend work boss Social circles, church, you name it. Like we know if you if I said to you right now, think of somebody who oversteps their boundaries or pushes or doesn't listen or doesn't respect it. Think, take a second, wherever you are right now. I guarantee someone's popping up in your head, mom, dad, husband or whatever, and go, "Yep, yeah, you're just stupid. They just won't. They just keep I say no. They keep coming. But like I know that you have somebody in your head. Now, think of that person. Kind of throughout this episode. And now as we kind of dig into this and just see how maybe at the end of this, you might be able to come up with a strategy on how to maybe more effectively engage with that person because it's it's our own personal sanity that I'd like to to reclaim for our friends out there, right? Like I'm I'm less worried about them. But we, me, oftentimes when I'm put in positions where I feel like I'm getting pushed and someone's relentlessly trying to get me to do something, then I all of a sudden feel guilty or ashamed that if I want to say no, and I don't end up saying no, and then I do something I don't want to do, and then I'm pissed or angry, and it leads to snowballing effects down the road. So let's keep some of these in mind. But first, let's just kind of, again, define boundaries. So, these are kind of the guidelines and limits that individuals establish in their relationships with others. These boundaries define the acceptable and respectable ways in which individuals interact, communicate, and engage with each other. Interpersonal boundaries are essential for maintaining healthy relationships and personal well being. Now, Now I'm going to dig into it. Let me see. I think in my notes, I put together six of these that will actually go through and talk about the different types of boundaries. And then I'm going to hop back and forth and kind of talk about examples of these. And number one that pops up on the list is personal space, right? So this is the actual physical distance individuals prefer to kind of keep between themselves and others, right? It Varies across cultures, individuals. I would even say it varies greatly in the nightlife world as well, too. If people are out there having a couple cocktails, all of a sudden I've got Captain Close Talker in my face, right? Who doesn't know that person that we've been all out at the bars or a friend or a wedding or whatever it is, and all of a sudden you got somebody nose-to-nose with you. That stuff drives me crazy, right? And now as a, as a sober person, I'm like, dude, like, okay, like I'm bobbing and weaving over here to, to try and find a little space And they just keep coming at you. Right. So the idea of personal space in that boundary, and that's just one example. I mean, we've all had these kind of personal space issues, but, you know, this could be someone just in a conversation. If they're just, you know, that uncomfortable distance. And I'd be curious to know what the actual distance is supposed to be. But I'm sure we all know that you're just like, dude, like step back, like, you know, this is me doing great pot as usual, but my got my arm out extended like this is what I need you. I need you here and you are way too close. Maybe it's a coworker <clears throat> who keeps bombing in on your office, right? They're not asking for permission. They're just kind of cruising by and it's like, dude, like, hey, right? Like I need, I need a little bit here. And setting these boundaries around physical touch, expressing discomfort when someone invades your personal space without their consent. That's where we want to kind of be able to get to. Right. But the personal space thing is really one that I think we many times have to deal with on a daily basis. And the first thing that popped into my mind is just people as they're out cocktailing and things like that. I'm just like, come on, like I need you back. But that may not be an everyday. Then the office setting really may be one where you're just like, look, I, I need a little bit here. Right. I need a little bit here. So number two on the list, emotional boundaries right emotional boundaries involve recognizing and respecting one's own emotions thoughts beliefs as well as those of others it includes setting limits on the level of emotional intimacy and vulnerability one is comfortable with in different relationships right so what does all that mean what's an example of emotional boundaries so let's say sharing personal feelings experiences selectively depending on the level of trust and comfort in the relationship right so I think it's also okay to politely decline to discuss certain sensitive topics with acquaintances or casual acquaintances, right? I mean, let's put a pause in that one for a second. How many times now have we been in these situations where it's like, okay, I got somebody just dumping way too much information on me that I am not looking for at this point, right? We all say TMI. I don't know. Maybe us boomers said TMI, too much information, maybe for the kids out there who don't know that. Um, but I mean, you'll get into these situations and all of a sudden somebody is putting stuff on you where I'm like, I'm looking around, like, are they, are they talking to somebody? Is that directed at me? You're sharing that with me? Like, dude, I don't even remember your name right now. And you're, you're telling me, you know, the backstory around your abuse and trauma and the divorce. And it's like, whoa, 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 you know, that stuff that's invading, you know, your space, right? That's a boundary pusher, right? And I think the same goes for, you know, if a conversation or action is becoming overly emotional, right? If they're starting to cross into that space where it's like, it could be crying, it could be anger, it could be frustrating. I mean, there's a lot of ways that emotions can kind of overstep the boundaries, right? And we've got to be able to maintain that kind of appropriate level. And again, at the end, I'm going to circle back on and and talk about the strategies. What I want to kind of run through first is, hey, here are the types of boundaries and here are the situations that you may find yourself in, now let's talk about ways to hopefully navigate around that. But I think being able to identify where your boundaries are getting pushed maybe more consistently within your own life, if it's work, if it's marriage, if it's dating, if it's whatever it is, because I always find it's like, okay, if I have an idea of you know, where, what is causing me this stress or that, that thing that keeps repeating that pattern, and sometimes truthfully, <clears throat> It can take me a little while. I don't know why. Maybe I'm a little slow in the uptake or something like that. But it can take me. I'm like, oh, that's what they're doing. That's pissing me off. They're oversharing, right? They're talking too close to me. They just keep dropping in on me and interrupting, and I can't stay focused on the task at hand. Like it takes a couple laps for me to sometimes figure that out. So that emotional boundary, one man, that is tough. And we have been caught. I can't tell you how many times. Again, kind of when you, as as a unlicensed counselor, but someone who's been to graduate school and you talk to people about that, it's coming hot and heavy, right? I mean, it is, Oh geez, let me talk to you about this. Now I don't mind many of the conversations specifically around drug or alcohol addiction. That's something I'm very familiar with. And I feel like I can add value, not that I can't under the other topics, but there are other ones where it's like they're looking for a quick answer to something that is very complex may require medical interventions this could be sexual abuse or trauma or physical harm and things like that i mean sometimes it could involve children i mean it is it's heavy stuff so just something to keep in mind as we go through this list and kind of finding out maybe where you're getting pushed on the boundary front right now so that we can start to create strategies to kind of get yourself or help maintain those or set those boundaries effectively Next up is communication boundaries. So, this could be boundaries pertaining to the ways in which individuals express their thoughts, feelings, and needs to others. It involves being assertive, respectful, and honest in communicating one's boundaries, opinions, and preferences, right? So, an example of communication boundaries would be really kind of being assertive while respecting other people's perspective. Man, Is that a lot easier said than done in today's world? What's the first thing that pops into my head? Politics, right? I mean, can we go anywhere in the world without politics just being forced upon us? I mean, I can't go chopping anywhere on a place that I don't particularly care what your opinion is on this. I need apples and milk, right? I I mean, so... It's tough and this stuff as many of these kind of lessons and exercises that we talk about on these podcasts, they require effort and kind of continually doing this and making, this, making them habits. Now I would say setting limits and types on the types of languages or tone that are acceptable in a conversation and addressing disrespectful or offensive language, right? So if people are just coming at you with could be F-bombs, could be a lot of stuff like that and that's not your speed Side note: I'm just always amazed that people can't gauge kind of who's down with with this, right? Like it's like, you really have you heard me go that way with any of my language? I'm not offended by anything. I don't really get offended about anything. I don't have the time, effort, or energy, or even care to get offended by what you say. But it's like you just you just coming out flame throwing. I honestly, I think it's sometimes just attention. Right? I think it, I think it really is. But that's not what the topic of the day is. But. You know, if you're able, you're in a conversation and people are kind of coming at you with a tone that is like, well, that's not appropriate for where this conversation is at right now, right? Like, that's a boundary overstep. That's someone pushing into kind of your space that, that I think could be, you know, could be addressed as we talk about the solutions here in a minute. And then I think requesting that someone refrains from discussing certain topics or sharing, right? Politics, again, bada boom. I mean, it's just, I I get it. We all have opinions. They're very strong. They tie to beliefs and values that we have. I understand them. I have mine. I don't sit out here and blast them constantly. I mean, you probably pick up on certain points of views and things. I'm not afraid of them, but I just don't find it to be appropriate to weave it into every single conversation. I respect what you think, believe, may not like it, may adamantly disagree with it. You're entitled to that opinion. Right. But I think it's also appropriate to be like, ah, you know what, let's 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 maybe not go down that path right now. Right. Like what good is going to come from us kind of going back and forth in this? I do long the day where we could just discuss things as sane, civil human beings without things being thrown and protests and, you know, being deplatformed and things like that. I mean, it just seems so far away that we could actually just sit down and have disagreements. What a concept. Number four, time boundaries. Time boundaries involve setting limits on how individuals allocate their time and energy in relationships. It includes balancing personal and professional commitments, setting priorities, establishing boundaries around availability and scheduling. Now we hop over to the example side prioritizing personal time for relaxation, hobbies or self-care and communicating those boundaries to families and friends. This is an interesting one. And one that actually, as I went through this list, I was like, I don't think I do a good job, but I know when I respond negatively to my time, not being valued, right? I have found myself, if someone's habitually late and that, you know, we've clearly communicated a time to do something and you know, them kind of not abiding by that and how frustrating that can get for me. Um, and then I think setting clear expectations around availability for work and then when you're not at work, right? And I think that has really gotten lost in the world for many of us. I did the startup thing for the last, you know, five years and I had zero balance, zero work balance there. I mean, it was, It was a mess. Right. And I was always on. And actually, I think I took a little pride in the kind of always on thing as well, too, and just was like, look, this is this is it. This is what I need to do. I'm always on and always available. And that wasn't fair to my family, to my friends, to my kids and all that type of stuff. So I think it's one that we need to spend a little more time thinking about and how we can set our priority, set our priorities, establish those boundaries and kind of stick to them. Right. You know, I also think that it's It's okay to decline things, right? We all get invited to a lot of stuff, right? I mean, there's kids stuff and birthday parties and school and work and church and friends and social and holidays and all that kind of stuff. Being able to say no and decline an invitation, I think is perfectly acceptable and we should do it more. And then you know what you should be able to do is not feel guilty about that as well, too. And the way to not feel guilty is by having these healthy boundaries and, like I said, being able to hold to them, which we'll get to here in just a moment. Because I get, I am so guilty of this. It's like, I feel bad, right? I feel bad. Like, I should do this. I should do this. And then it's like I get sucked into it. I'm like, ugh. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. Like, you know, and sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. There's a balance there. But... You know if you have a healthy boundary that's already been established and discussed ahead of time it also gives you an out right you're like hey you know what i'm doing x y and z with my kids this is family night movie night we get pizza we want you know i can't just up and be on that so you know something to think about next up social boundaries social boundaries encompass the rules and expectations regarding appropriate behavior in social settings <laughs> they include norms around topics of conversation personal disclosure respecting others privacy and confidentiality right so social boundaries That confidentiality one that's a that's an interesting kind of concept that i think a lot of a lot of us forgot in the world right i remember when people didn't tell you what party they were in politics right i mean there was a time where it was like nah, that's just just my personal thing right don't really feel the need to share that out to the world by the way the it was perfectly fine. And people didn't really question it at the time or attack you one way or another. Something that kind of popped into mind as I was making my notes for this. But then you go out into social settings as well, too, and just where those boundaries stop, whether it's, you know, hugging or kissing. I mean, and I'm talking about like others. Maybe it's hugging to your boyfriend, girlfriend, jokes where the line is crossed, where it's not you know, work holiday parties kind of come to mind when you get people a couple cocktails in and all of a sudden, you know, they're kind of a different person. I mean, this stuff happens, kids' birthday parties. I mean, there's enough booze at these damn kids' birthday parties and stuff now, too, and I'm just, sometimes I scratch my head. I'm like, okay, this is is interesting. This is a little bit bit different. I'm not sure I would necessarily behave like that at a three-year-old's birthday party, but okay. But again... Having a plan and having boundaries set up ahead of time before you walk into these situations and kind of what that looks like is going to set you up for success. So, you know, again, choosing not to share personal information casually with strangers perfectly okay. You don't feel like you need to, and it's okay to say things like, ah, you know, I'd rather not get into that, or ah, that's it's kind of personal. I'm going to pass on that. But hey, you know, another time maybe we can take it offline you know, something like that where you're not just stuck. And you can redirect a conversation. That's a nice little skill if you're able to pick up on that as well too. I'm pretty good at humor and deflecting and shifting a conversation. I don't know if everybody, you know, has that skill, but it may be something to kind of practice if you're gonna be out at a lot of social events because my goodness, so many times, you know, you're just like something will hit almost that awkward phase and you gotta be able to kind of pivot, move, Uh, kind of swiftly be able to shift the change the direction of the conversation but i I keep thinking about the being able to respect the privacy and confidentiality of others for not sharing you know kind of personal information i think a lot of that time is called gossip as well too it's like hey i shared that with you right i didn't share that with this person this person this one you know and so something to think again these it used to be kind of norms, I think. There was a day, and it's like, all right, boomer, counselor, dude. But, yeah, they, they used to be, and, and obviously we've gotten away from that. So, I don't know, maybe it's just worth kind of you know bringing some of this up. And last but not least on the list, values and beliefs. Boundaries can be influenced by individuals or individual values, beliefs, moral frameworks. They help individuals navigate situations where their values may differ from others and maintain personal integrity, all right? So, again, some examples along those lines. Asserting boundaries around discussion or actions that conflict with your core values and beliefs. I didn't come into this show ready to talk politics, but, I mean, as you, as you get into topics like these and where we are just at odds so often with each other around this, this great country is around politics. And it's like, okay, so someone has a completely different point of view or opinion on that. How are we going to be able to handle this situation? You could also decline to go to an event that maybe you know is going to have or put you in situations that go against your moral principles, right? There's that. You just don't have to go. You don't have to show up, and that's completely okay, right? If you know that it's going to put you in a bad spot, like, no, no is okay thing. That's something actually just in general I've worked on in my long-term recovery too is being able to say no and not feeling feeling guilty about it, like totally okay with like no. And I'll give you I'll give you actually an example of that that just happened in my own personal life. Um, re- expressing your opinions respectfully while being open to hear different perspectives, that should just be a rule of life. I mean, that shouldn't just be a boundary conversation. We should all just be able to listen, respect what they're saying, have a completely different opinion, and still be able to maintain a friendship or whatever it is, and be civil with one another. But you know, here's a little you know if just the the simplest form of a boundary thing. In my world, like my family, like I said, we got kind of four CEOs, you know, my brother and I, my mom and dad, like we're strong-willed people who kind of can, you know, expect a lot, demand a lot from each other. Not necessarily always a bad thing, but you know, four people can butt heads. Now, we go on vacation and things like that, right? So we we show up, we're gonna go to Vegas, and I get a call, it's like, hey, you know, would you mind driving or towing? I got a truck towing this car up there. My brother's going to take it back to, to Park City and they can have it up there. And I'm like, I'm thinking about it. And I'm driving my three-year-old daughter up there. And I'm just like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little more work, a little more stress. I'm towing a car behind this. I got to be a little more careful. I got a three-year-old. It's just I got to get the trailer. I got to get situated. I got to get there. I got to get it over to the. Like, all of a sudden, it's just like this little three-day trip that I just wanted to go and sit by a pool and, and do silly stuff with the kids is now like, is it, is it a huge, you know, ask? No, but it's like, it just adds a little bit more. And I just, I, I, I chewed on it for a minute, and I'm like, I don't, I don't I prefer not to, right? Like, I get it. It makes sense. I'm going up there. You guys need this, like, but I'm going to pass, you know, appreciate it. Well, we'll, we'll pay you, Steve. I appreciate it, you know, very much. It's kind, nice offer. I'm just going to pass. I just want to keep it simple. We want to kind of boogie up there. And in my family dynamics, like we got to get through, I'd say six to 10 laps before the no even starts to kind of start to clear the first hurdle, right? And it's not that people are mean or anything like that. It's just that That's kind of their wiring and my wiring is not too dissimilar, but these are kind of some of the familiar patterns that I'd like to see us work on. And things that I'm talking with with my therapist is how we can work as a family unit to kind of break some of these things. I'm not going to call myself a change agent, but, you know, I do like to kind of be the one to see if we can do better. Right. And we've gotten to this point. You know, our family's had our struggles. We're very public about it. You know, we've we have a nonprofit called Not My Kid that's done tremendous work based on a lot of stuff that myself and my family went through. Um, so we're very public about this stuff. But I can I think that we can always do better. And, and boundaries are constantly push. And no is not often well received in our family for a lot of reasons. But that as I was kind of show prepping for this one, I was just like, you know, There's a there's a little boundary thing that just kind of popped up, you know, in the last 48 hours where I was just like. So ultimately, I did not take this car with me and it was okay. We had a conversation after a couple laps and a day went by and, you know, my dad came. He's like, okay, I get it. Like, that's reasonable. And I'll tell you, that sounds silly and maybe it's a terrible example. But in our world, that was progress. That i didn't get hit and pushed and kind of forced to a point where then we're kind of you know button heads over this simple thing when the whole intent was really just to get the family and kids together in vegas for some pool time and shenanigans which is what we did and it was great so simple but you know there's a million other more complex things like that that happen in my world in the past that we're really going to try and work on Uh, doing this. And actually, you know, my therapist was even talking about when I met with him last week, which I think I talked about on the show was like, be explicit when you're talking to your family members about exactly what you want. Right. And I thought that was good advice that I wanted to bring to the show today as well. Be explicit in what you're asking for. Don't leave any room for ambiguity. Be very clear on exactly what you're asking for. You know, I think that I've talked about in my past, I've expected to be people, people to be a mind reader at times. And that's not fair. So we're really, that was one of the takeaways that I had. And I think it can apply in this boundary situation of like, look, when I say no, thank you, or I'd rather not, I would like you to respect the fact that I'm, I'm saying no, or I'm declining, or I'm not going to go on this, or I'm not going to do that. And look, we're work in progress, work in progress, baby. But, you know, your family can be too, just because it's stuck in whatever patterns are kind of going on right now, doesn't mean it has to stay stuck like that. Right. So if you're hearing some of this today and look, you can go out and find tons of information, but share this podcast with somebody else, you know, who may be the one that you're struggling or who could be overstepping their boundaries. Right. But now let's get to the dealing with people who don't respect your boundaries. What's the best way to be able to do that? Right. Number one on the list, communicate assertively, clearly and firmly. Express your boundaries to the person. Use I statements to emphasize your feelings and needs such as I feel uncomfortable when you invade my personal space. Please respect my boundaries. Look, it's not exactly how I'd say it, but as a good example of using an I statement of like, look, Dad, I understand that you'd like me to, to, to take this car up here. It makes a lot of sense. I just don't feel comfortable, you know, towing a car with my three-year-old daughter. I just want to kind of get up to Vegas and and have a nice little trip without kind of having to worry about that. But done end of story right there. I don't have to go on and on and on. I think a lot of times many of us will over explain why we choose not to do something. You don't have to, you don't have to. It may frustrate the other person. Some but that's on them, right? That's not on you. We're talking about saving your sanity right that other person's got to do their work to it now i'm not saying instigate them or poke the bear or say it in a manner or tone or way that's you know comes off as a prick Right, right let's not do that but hey i hear you i understand it I'm, I'm gonna pass but thank you for offering right assertive clear say directly what you're looking for simple stuff let's keep it simple here reinforce boundaries consistently. consistently consistency is key be firm and upholding your boundaries each time they are crossed if someone continues to disregard them calmly remind them of your expectations and the consequences for not respecting them so this ties into number three too which is set consequences but again there is an art i would say to this and it would come through practice right because if you have been someone who is Maybe you're in a relationship with a habitual boundary pusher, right a line stepper, a pusher, and you have just gone along with that, and they know that about you and all of a sudden you're like, "I listened to the unlicensed counselor podcast today, and he said to reinforce my boundaries consistently well, okay well, yes, yes you you got that you got it, but let's ease into this, right like, look, I've been thinking about this um oftentimes you'll ask me to do this i I don't feel comfortable it's not my favorite I don't love it I'd like to see if maybe we could we could not do that I would prefer if we were able if you would maybe hire someone to do this or ask someone else if they could help you with that it's just not something I feel comfortable with and and, and start to gradually turn the ship right let's not do a 180 all at once and the other person's gonna go whoa 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 let's let's just gradually turn the turn the ship right but If you're going to keep getting pushed, you're going to have to redirect and be like, Hey, I, you know, look, I asked, I remember, I, I mentioned that, like, I don't love it when you do this, right? Can we, can we see if there's another way to do this? Things like that tone conversation, slowly, consistent, right? And the other half of this, which leads to number three is the setting consequences, right? So establish consequences for crossing your boundaries and communicate them to the person, right? Now, when you set the consequences, you have to be able and ready to hold the line on those, right? Uh, this is a conversation I had with my ex-wife as well, too, around parenting. You wouldn't believe the, the things that would get said by her and the timeouts and the toys or the games or the treats or the da 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 da, da that we're going to get taken away or restricted or whatever. If you didn't do whatever said behavior, none of those were ever forced. Therefore her words had no power, right? When it came to parenting, you know, the kids and and feeling like there was going to be a consequences. Now, the same thing applies here under the, the consequences, set them reasonably. Don't be outlandish and wild, right? Whatever it is that you set, and it could be small. In fact, it probably should be small to start with, but be prepared to hold the line, right? And it's easier said than done, but don't throw out something, I'm leaving, I'm moving out, I'll never talk to you again, like dial it back, dial it back, dial it back, dial it back, right? Let's just not jump there all at once. Number four, seek support. If the person persists in disrespecting your boundaries or if the situation escalates, it can be helpful to reach out to a trusted friend, family member, or a authority figure for support and guidance. It could be church or it could be a therapist, it could be a counselor, whomever that you could reach out to. So I do think if you're just getting push, 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 maybe you can get into a counselor. If it's your husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, family member, whatever it is, I would suggest, you know, if you've tried some of these strategies or are not making progress, be like, look, maybe we should just book a couple sessions, see if we can work through some of this boundary stuff. I feel like, you know, we're just not on the same page with some of this stuff. And I'd love to see if we could, you know, maybe talk through it in an in a effective way, right? Seeking some support. As usual, number five and last on the list, practice self-care. Prioritize self-care to maintain your emotional well-being. This may involve activities like exercise, relaxation, or seeking professional help, just like I talked about. You know, as always, self-care to me makes it into almost every every single episode because if we're not taking care of us, how can we be expected to take care of others and be super effective at that? So I just think as it pertains to boundaries here, like if – if you are taking care of yourself or if you're going to individual counseling and doing the exercise or meditation or yoga or whatever it is that keeps you centered or you're having discussion with your friends and girlfriends over copying, kind of expressing what's going on, like make sure that you are number one on this list so that you can be effective. And then when you're going through these steps, because you're dealing with someone who doesn't respect your boundaries, you're gonna be able to set them, hold them, and clearly communicate exactly what you need and then make a plan going forward, right? Whew, we covered some ground there in a few minutes on, uh, on the boundary issue. Well, you know, like I said, typically the show format is, is kind of a topic and then take some questions. But man, these last couple of weeks, we've had some awesome topics to dig into. I thought there was some really great stuff that I wanted to make sure I could pass along. Look, if you're, if you're thinking about boundaries, struggling with boundaries, share this podcast with a friend. Follow us on Instagram, which is where the Unlicensed Council, I'm doing a lot of my content creation and kind of talking to folks about various topics. But please... If you do nothing else, like, share, review, rate, tell a friend, cost you nothing, helps us a ton, really is helping us grow out this The Unlicensed Counselor podcast. Thank you so much for your time. My name is Steve Moak. I am The Unlicensed Counselor. Until next time, thank you very much.